Well, you can be seated, and it's good to be back. We were gone the last couple weeks, uh, my family and I. We spent a week down in Florida, and let me tell you, I I like Florida in January a lot better than I like Ohio in January. Uh, It's warmer, and you can swim in things. Um, But the next couple of weeks, this week and next week, uh, I really basically want to give you my annual report um, next week, as you may heard, um, was is our annual meeting. It's right after this service. Uh, it's a potluck, so bring some food to share. And as we eat, we're just going to talk about where we've been, where we're going. But uh, I want to make sure everybody kind of gets to hear uh, my annual report. Um, and so we're going to talk about that the next couple weeks and also some things that God has been challenging me on um, through that. And we're going to talk about where we've been, where we're going, and the journey that we've been on the last year, and the journey that's ahead of us. And journeys can be an exciting thing. I Like, like I said, we just got back from a week of vacation. We drove down to Florida. We drove back. And on our way down, I don't know, I don't know if it stormed here. It would have been a couple weeks ago on Saturday night. But we drove through terrible storms. That was probably the worst driving I've ever done in storms. It was one of those things where it was like, I should pull over, and then I don't. Um, you know, because I, I kept thinking, it's got to be better in just like a couple seconds. It can't rain this hard very long. And it just kept raining and raining, and the wind was crazy. And so eventually, we got to a place where not too really far in front of us, Uh, traffic was completely stopped because a tree had fallen and blocked both lanes of traffic moving forward. And so we spent a good amount of time a couple Saturdays ago just sitting on the highway. In fact, I have a picture of it. You can kind of see the the tree that's laying there. And actually, it had fallen on that semi. There was our car, a semi in front of us, and the next, uh, the next semi was the one that the tree landed on. So it was pretty close to where we were. So thank you all for praying uh, for safe travels. I'm really glad we prayed right before we left. We had like a family prayer time over our trip, and, and I'm thankful that God was uh, watching out for us. He was also watching out for the driver of the truck, too. He was fine. Uh, completely safe. That was our, our number one concern was that he was okay. Our second concern was that was an Amazon truck. So there's a lot of people not getting their deliveries on time. And we were really worried about those people. Because um, I knew if that was me, I would just be devastated because two-day shipping is important. But, uh, but, but from the looks of it, all of the packages inside the truck were unharmed as well as the driver. So uh, all is well. Um, but, but journeys can be an interesting thing. It can be tricky, sometimes going well, sometimes not so well. And following God on that journey is tricky. Uh, following God sometimes feels like the Israelites following God towards the promised land. That's where we're going to start, actually, today is Numbers chapter 9, verses 15 to 23. And it says this, that on the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud of God's presence covered it. 
But from evening until morning, the cloud over the tabernacle looked like a pillar of fire. This is how they knew that God was there. And it says that this was the regular pattern. At night, the cloud that covered the temple had the appearance of fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from over the sacred tent, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. And whenever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. In this way, they traveled and camped at the Lord's command whenever he told them to go. Then they remained in the camp as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. If the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites stayed and performed their duty to the Lord. Sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle for only a few days, so the people would stay for only a few days as the Lord commanded. Then, at the Lord's command, they would break camp and move on. Sometimes the cloud stayed only overnight and lifted the next morning. But day or night, when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and they moved on. So they camped or traveled at the Lord's command, and they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. Sometimes when you're following God, sometimes you're on the move, following where God's lead, following where God leads. Sometimes God stops. And so you stop and you stay there and you just perform your duty to God. You do the ministry that God has called you to do in that place until he moves and then you move again. It says in verse 22 that whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and didn't move on. But as soon as the cloud lifted, they broke camp and they moved on. So at the beginning of 2019 last year, I got the sense that God had settled in for 2019, that God didn't want us to move a whole lot, but it was going to be a year to just stay and build and grow and prepare to move. But for 2019, that we would just kind of remain and do the work that called, God called us to do here in this place. Because I knew a big part of that building and growing had to do with the fact that John had just come on at the beginning of last year, and that it was going to take some time for him and his family to get used to things here, and for John to get used to working with me all the time. We work together at camp some, but getting used to working with me, and for us to just have time to talk about where we are, where we're going, for us to settle into a rhythm. And that that was going to be a huge part of what our year was about, and that that was going to take some time. And, and so we did that over 2019. I hope you guys feel at home here, and it feels good being here as it does having you here. I love having you here, by the way. Um, so last year in my report, I went back, I read my report. It was great reading. I was on the edge of my seat every second. But I, I said last year in my report that I could sense in 2019 that it was going to be a year of growing for all of us, growing stronger and growing stronger spiritually. And I truly believe that it was. 
But sometimes growing comes with growing pains. You know, when you're growing stronger, sometimes you have to get broken down a little bit. Sometimes you have to get a little bit weaker. Sometimes you get sore. If you're lifting weights, really what you're doing is breaking down your muscles so that they can heal, grow stronger, and then you add a little bit more weight so you break down your muscles again and they grow and they get stronger. And so with growing comes growing pains. And we certainly had our fair share of growing pains this year. And I mean, when it comes to growing pains this past year, uh, I'm like the Kirk Cameron of growing pains. Uh, this past, I made that. That was, that's, that was the most disturbing thing I'd seen all week was my face on Kirk Cameron's mullet. Um, if, you're, if, you're like, if you were born after the 80s, you don't know what this is about. Uh, YouTube. Um, but... But when it comes, when it, I, you know, I'm the Kirk Cameron of growing pains this past year, but I can tell you that it was probably the single greatest year of growing that I can remember in the recent past. But even with that, even with, with some growing pains, we grew in some pretty strategic areas that last year at the beginning of the year, I said, this, these are places we want to grow. And we were able to. Our attendance, our, our average attendance was up 27 people from the year before, so that was kind of cool. Um, we had our best monthly attendance, uh, our, our best monthly average attendance of all time for Antioch Alliance Church last year, uh, 286 in April. That was pretty encouraging. Um, we didn't see, and here, here's an interesting thing, we didn't see quite as many professions of faith last year. But, and I was, I was a little bit discouraged by that, but then I looked back in, at what I had said at the beginning of the year. I said, look, I don't really care so much about people raising their hand and saying, I, I want to accept Jesus, or I want Jesus to forgive my sin, or, or, or people making a prayer or raising a hand. I, what I really want to see is disciples being made. Because Jesus didn't say, go out into all the nations and tell people to pray a prayer and accept me into their heart. He said, go out into the nations and make disciples, people that are truly following me. And so last year, I said, I, I really don't want to focus so much on people getting saved as I'd want to focus on people following Jesus and being a disciple. And, and we did see people save last year. We, we had a lot of people give their heart and life to Christ for the first time, and that's exciting, and that's encouraging, and I love that, and I still want to be about that. But here's a couple things that really made me excited about last year. Last year, we baptized more people than we did the year before. That's exciting. We took in more members last year than we did before. We have more people attending connect groups at the beginning of this year than we did the year before. We've, we had the most people uh, of, of our history so far attending connect groups. That's good. That's one that we're going to build on this year. 
we'd like to get all of you in some, some kind of a connect group. That's our, our church's small groups because I believe that that's where true church really happens is not what happens here when you listen to me talk and we sing songs together. That's an important part of what church is, but real church is Christians coming and doing their life together and, and breaking bread together and studying the word together and praying together and truly praying for one another and encouraging and spurring one another on. Uh, all the more as we see the day of Christ approaching. And so getting in a connect group this year, if you're not, let me encourage you so much to do that um, because that's where real and true and, and deeper discipleship happens. So let me encourage you with that. But we had more people attending connect group uh, last year. So that was, that was, all of that stuff was encouraging. The baptism, the membership, the, the connect group, because that points to the fact that we're making disciples. We said last year, at the beginning of the year, that we want to grow and we want to strengthen the youth program. And I'm telling you right now, with John here, it's going amazing. God, John has, and God have taken us to a, a new level of youth ministry, and I'm just, I'm so happy with that. John, thank you for, for being willing to be used by God by that and all the time and effort and love and passion you put into that. For the first time in 12 years, we took a group to LIFE, uh, the LIFE conference in Florida. Um, we took a ton of kids, first time to Suncrest to camp this year. John was rocking that out. It was a great year of camp. We said uh, last year, at the beginning of the year, that we wanted to do a better job at planning and delegating. And we have. We, we still have plenty of room to grow in that area, but we're definitely moving forward. We have new people working in new places, and, and that's awesome, and we need more of that. And if you're not serving anywhere in the church right now, let me encourage you, find a place to serve in the church this next year. It's a, another big part of what following Christ is about is serving and being the hands and feet of Jesus. We had a great time this year of planning at our elder retreat. We had a great leadership forum. Uh, and let me, let me encourage you, uh, if you want to be more involved in leadership in the church, come check out this Champions of Change uh, seminar that the district's putting on. They're putting it on here, so that makes the drive easy. Um, and that's February 8th from 8.30 to 1 o'clock. Lunch is provided, and I believe in the uh, video I gave you a wink. So... Lunch is provided, eh, eh, uh, so come to that. Um, we enabled many of you uh, to, to come up here and kind of be in the pulpit and gave you the opportunity to share from your heart in the conversation series. So thank you for all of you that, that came up here and were willing to take part in that and, and for you to do the teaching. So uh, thank you for teaching us from your life. Um, and as far as in the office every day, uh, just day-to-day -day work here at the church, um, planning and delegation is happening better than I believe it ever has in the office. Um, with, with John on the team and then adding Kelly to the team in September, planning within the office has gone to a whole new level. Um, it, it's taken teamwork and, and John... 
uh, taking things, Kelly taking things, um, passing them on to various teams. Uh, things are running in a lot of ways more smooth than they ever have. So, um, so that's so encouraging. Last year, beginning of the year, we said we want to make this year a huge year for missions at Antioch Alliance Church. We said we wanted to do more this year, and we did. We did more and had more, a bigger focus on missions than we ever have before, and that's super exciting to me. We had four different missionaries. <coughs> Excuse me. You go from Ohio to Florida back to Ohio. It messes with your, with your voice. Um, we, we had four different missionaries uh, come in 2019. Um, we had Trey Martin at the beginning of the year. Then we had Carmen Nelson. We had the Beeman family over the summer. We had Stephanie Dowell in the fall. By the way, thanks, a huge thank you to the missions committee who, uh, who helped put all that together and make all that happen. Um, so we kept missions in front of, of all of you, and we got to hear from all over the globe what God's doing. Um, we had, I think, for the first time ever, uh, our first church-wide, everybody's invited missions trip down to the Dominican Republic. We're doing that again this year, and you just heard in the announcements, if you want to go down to the DR this summer in June, um, there is a meeting on the 29th. And uh, check that out, it's in your bulletin. Um, but a cool, cool opportunity for you to be involved in missions in a real and, and personal way. It will change your life. I, I, if you've never gone on a missions trip, it will change your life. So missions was, was a cool, cool thing that we had happening this year. Outreach. Well, last year we said that we wanted to continue to have strong outreach, and we did. Last year, we, one of the first outreaches we did last, last year was we had our wild game dinner, and it was packed in here. In fact, I know for sure that there were some people that got here and saw how packed it was and didn't stay because they were like, there's just too many and not enough seats, we, including the governor of Ohio, by the way. Uh, you know, when the, you're, you're having a decent outreach when the governor of Ohio comes, um, but it, it went so well that this year we're actually moving the wild game dinner uh, down to the dome at the Nazarene Conference Center so there will be plenty of room for everybody. Um, and Mike's already putting that together. There's some cool things that are going to be happening. You'll be hearing more about that. Um, but, and by the way, Mike Budzik does a fantastic job of getting the wild game dinner uh, put together. So a huge thank you to Mike and the team for that. Um, we also had some great outreach through things like Move the Hills. Um, whether you're an out-of-the-boat guy here or whether you uh, were on the team with Cassie Davis um, that, that was helping with the Antioch booth, that was a fantastic outreach that we were a part of this year. We were able to contact and make contact with a lot of people, so that was awesome. Um, again, thank you to, to Charlie and Cassie's Connect Group that did that. That was fantastic. Fantastic. Um, uh, then just a couple months ago, we had our $5 outreach, which honestly, I believe was one of the best outreaches I've ever been a part of because it wasn't just like, hey, come to our church. It was all of you going out 
into the community, into your circles of influence, into people that I probably won't ever run into, and you going out into your community and you doing outreach when you saw God open the door to love people in whatever context that was. I, I loved, and, and, and I'm still getting cards in, even now, I, I just, I get one, every, one or two every week of this is how I used my $5, this is how I love somebody, and um, I just love the fact that it's, it was you guys going out and you guys waiting and praying and watching for an open door. I, I just talked to somebody this past week who uh, was able to give out their $5 of all places in the Kroger restroom. Um, they, they, it was, it was uh, a mom was in the, using the restroom and their little kid came in and said, we don't have enough to pay for the groceries, we're $5 short. And the mom started saying like, oh, well, okay, take the water out and, and from the stall next, you know, somebody said, uh, hey, here's, here's $5, we just wanna bless you with that. And so just all kind of cool ways that you guys were able to reach out this year. So outreach was, was just a, a fun thing to watch this year. Um, we said that we wanted to create a welcoming, uh, continue to make a welcoming and, and safe place. Um, one of the things that, that we just got finished, and it was like squeaking in at the very last minute, maybe even a little bit in 2020, but we're calling it 2019, uh, was the fellowship hall. Uh, if you haven't been over there, it looks fantastic. It makes my heart happy every time I walk in the door and, and see uh, that beautiful carpet in there. So... Uh, that was great. The basement got painted um, and all, all redone. Another huge shout out to the, the Cassie Davis crew of, uh, of HGTV. Um, we're we're going to get them eventually. Um, we, have, we put our security team in place and in operation in 2019. We're uh, as safe of place as we've ever been. Um, the security team is in, it's working, they're in here right now keeping you safe and you don't even know it. Uh, so a thank you, huge thank you to everybody that's on the safety team. Um, and I especially want to call out uh, Chris Smith and Casey Jones for leading that up, making that happen. Um, it, it's so nice to, to just know that if something would ever happen, we have a plan, we're safe. And speaking of which, we did our first uh, security drill a couple of months ago, and that was a fun, exciting time. Um, I'm, and a big thank you to everybody that was here and took part of it and didn't run anybody over or trample anybody, and we just did it together. And uh, it's just good to know that we're safe. Another huge thank you to all the first responders that came, the, the fire department and the police and the ambulance that that uh, are all keeping us safe. We're just really blessed um, to have some great people in our church and some really great people in our community that are keeping us safe. Um, so 2019, wow, it, it was an amazing year when you really stop and think about it. Of all the cool things that happened, all the things that God did. In fact, I, I wanna stop before we keep going, I wanna just stop and I wanna pray for just a minute because uh, as I just think about all the things that God was doing, it feels wrong if we don't stop and, and thank him for it. So let's pray. Father, my goodness, you're just so good to us. Uh, you've given us such talented, 
uh, loving people in this congregation that uh, are, are your hands and feet and are able to, to love people and show people your love. And we thank you for that. We thank you for all the ways that you moved in this past year, even uh, d- despite our, our failures and our shortcomings and, and all the ways that, um, that we fall short. I, in fact, Father, I thank you that we fall short because it just proves how good you are and how capable you are um, that you can use us. So Father, thank you for all the ways that you blessed in 2019 and for all, those, all the ways that you worked. And Father, for the times that we fall short, you know that uh, we, just, um, we just have to fall at your feet and, and ask for forgiveness and we move on. But Father, I thank you that you are here and at work in 2019. You are good and we bless your name, the name of Jesus, amen. But it was funny, as all, for all that great stuff that happened in, in 2019, when I first thought about it, when I first thought about, oh, it's annual meeting time of year, I gotta do my annual report. When I first just thought about oh, what was 2019 like, when I first thought back on it, it didn't seem like much had happened. You know, I knew bringing John and Katie on was, it was a big deal, and I knew at the beginning of the year that that was... Because of that, it was going to be a little bit of a settling year, a little bit of a slower year because of just adjusting and, and beginning to build our vision together. But beyond that, I just kind of thought, oh, what, 2019, uh, you know, gee, it just was kind of an okay kind of year. And, and you know, I was like, oh, 2019, like, uh. And, and I... I think that my month being gone in, in September is a cloud that hangs over 2019. It was a, a cloud that hangs over 2019, at least for me. And, and that's a cloud all on me. Um, that's a cloud that, you know, I created. But, you know, some, but even in that, so many of you jumped in to keep things moving. And I mean, especially John, my goodness, doing youth messages and running youth and, and then Sunday mornings and then being here in the office and getting all the things done all by himself. Um, but you know, when I start, when I started thinking about 2019, I was just kind of discouraged, but then I started really looking through, looking back over the year of 2019 and looking over what God did throughout the year and all of those things that I just told you about and all of the things that we have all accomplished together through God's power at work within us. And I, I, I was encouraged, I was excited, but I was also kind of convicted because, you know, I, I saw 2019 as a hard year, sort of a, a down year for me. And, and I didn't really take stock of all the good that God had done. And because I hadn't taken time to take stock of all the cool things that, and all the wonderful ways that God was working, I had really kind of forgotten to praise him for all the wonderful things that he did. And, and you know, I think we can fall into that trap in our lives. We, we let ourselves get discouraged and, and we forget to see what God's done. And we forget to praise him because we forget to look for the good things because we're so discouraged with all the bad things. 
And, and so we forget that, my goodness, God's doing awesome stuff all around us, and then we forget to praise. Because when I really took the time to look at what God has done, like I said, I, I was honestly, I, I, and I am excited and encouraged. God really did a lot of great things this past year. And I'm so grateful that he uses us despite our shortcomings. And that even if, you know, some years, sometimes, some days, some weeks, like the Israelites, some, if you don't move much, as long as you stay where God is and you continue to do the work that he's given you to do, you know, some days it might not seem like much or it may not feel like much some days, but God's gonna bless your obedience and your perseverance to stay there with him even when it doesn't feel like much is happening. So I'm gonna read that again. Think about your context right now. That even if you don't move much, if you're like the Israelites and you just stay where God is and continue to do the work that he's given you to do, it might not seem like much some days. It may not feel like much some days. But God blesses that obedience of just staying there and continuing to do the duty that God's given you to do. So... Let me put this in some real world. If you're a mom, you just don't feel like you're accomplishing much with the kids. If you've got a job and it's just the same thing day after day and you don't feel much passion behind it. If you've been married for years now and it's just kind of like it's there, but, but it feels like it's missing a little bit of something. Go to the marriage retreat. But, but even, in, in, but, you're, but you're, you're not, it's not that you're not committed to each other, you don't love each other anymore, you still do, but it, it just feels like you're kind of in a rut going through the routine. If you've been praying, it doesn't seem like much has changed. If you don't feel like you know how to fit in or, or you're not real sure how to get things moving forward or if you just feel kind of stuck, just stay where God is. Even if you don't feel him, even if it doesn't seem like you know, this mountaintop thing where his presence is just right there, if you know, you know this is the duty that God's called me to do, I'm gonna follow that even if it doesn't seem like angels are singing behind me all the time I'm doing it. Just stay where God is. Just keep doing your duty, just keep working on it because it might be that when you think back on it, and even though right now you feel like nothing's getting accomplished, nothing's being done, when you look back on it, when you really take stock of things, God may have been working a lot more than you thought. So, you know, you're a mom and, and you don't feel like anything's happening with your kids. But, but hey, they, they listen when you tell them the first time, half the time. The other half, not so much, but half the time when you tell them they do it first time. Well, that's better than last year when it was 25% of the time that you told them the first time they did it. 
God's working there. Because you've been praying for your kids. You know, you're working a job that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. But you know what? You show up on time every day, put in a good hard day's work. And you might not know it right now, but maybe the boss is starting to notice. You've been married now for years. And it just seems like, well, this is what we do. It's not that passionate love, you know, honeymoon years of the first couple years. But you know what? You've been through stuff now. Thick, thin, good times, bad times. And you're closer than you were those first couple years. And so really, your marriage is stronger, if you think about it. You know, you've been praying for a friend or a family member for years, and it doesn't seem like anything is happening. But what you don't know is that God's whispering something to their heart. God's been whispering something to their heart actually for a few months now. But they don't even fully understand what it is that God's whispering yet. So they can't tell you about it. You don't realize that even if you felt stuck, even if you felt like you blew it, even if you felt like things have gone the wrong way and you don't know if things will ever change, Maybe you just need to look around a little bit. Maybe you just need to ask God, you know, open my eyes and help me to see what you see. Take some time over the next few days to take stock of things. Because sometimes we can get so focused on on what's right in front of us that we don't see that God's moving all around us. There's plenty of, of, of... Examples of this in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 39, there's a guy named Joseph, and Joseph just kind of goes from one problem to the next. God's always with him, but he's always kind of going from one thing to the next. Eventually, Joseph gets sold into slavery. He's working for this guy named Potiphar, and that's going really well, but Potiphar's wife really likes Joseph, and she really is trying to, to get him to get with her, and He's a stand-up guy. He says no. He runs off. And so she makes up this lie that he's tried to attack her, assault her. And this is Genesis 39, 19 to 21. It says, Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about Joseph, how Joseph treated her. So he took Joseph. He threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love, and the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. But you know what? Joseph then stayed in prison for another 10 years. I I don't care how much the prison warden likes you. If you're in prison for 10 years, you're going to feel stuck. You're going to feel like things aren't moving much. Talk about a discouraging place to be at in your life. 
And, and, you know, there were maybe glimmers of hope where Joseph thought, well, maybe something's happening because a, a cupbearer came and was in prison with him with a couple other guys. But, and Joseph had told him, hey, remember me if you get back to the Pharaoh. But then the cupbearer went back to the Pharaoh and it says that he completely forgot about Joseph. And from the time the cupbearer was there to the time Joseph finally got out of prison, it was another two years. So you think, oh, maybe, maybe God's, I see what God's doing. Okay, it's been eight years. It's been a long eight years. I think, and then you're in prison for another two? I can imagine Joseph is in a place where he feels like something needs to happen. Joseph is in a place where Joseph isn't moving, but God is. Because Pharaoh is starting to have nightmares. And nightmares that he can't understand and nobody can explain. Joseph doesn't know that. And it just so happens so that the cupbearer, a couple of years back, had dream explained by Joseph. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, the cupbearer remembers. That, that guy, there was this guy, oh, I told him, whoops. I told him that I was going to mention something. That, that's on me, that's on me. Um, and, and it's enough that, that not only does Pharaoh bring Joseph out of prison, but Joseph ends up becoming the second in command right under Pharaoh. God had things in motion. God was still moving, even though Joseph didn't see it. But God used the place that Joseph was stuck to help Joseph to be where he eventually would need him to be. So that eventually, by the time you get to Genesis 50, Joseph is saying, to his brothers who sold him into slavery, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it around as it is this day. That all of that, all of those years, all of those years in prison, all of those years being you know, sold and in a slave and all of that, it all was brought around to this day. Joseph recognizes it. You know, David, King David, wasn't always king. He was anointed to be king when he was 15 years old. But he didn't become king until he was 30. 15 years of knowing this was your destiny, but never reaching it. But David had some growing up to do. He had some literal giants to slay. He had some battles that he had to face to get him to the point where God was ready for him to become king. And even when he became king, he still had battles to fight and failures to have. He had to wait. God was preparing him. God was moving, but it wasn't quite time for David to move yet. Elisha. Elisha was chosen by Elijah, but then it took another eight years of growing, another eight years of following Elijah around, another eight years of, of Elijah being assistant to the prophet. 
before he took Elijah's place. Elisha, when he became prophet, his servant, all, all his servant could see was the trouble that was right in front of him, all, all, the, all, all the ways that they were stuck. But then Elisha prayed, oh Lord, open, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he looked up and he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire from heaven. Sometimes you just need to see God's perspective. Sometimes when we're just looking at the problem in front of us, we can't see that God's been moving and working all around us. It hadn't rained for years, but suddenly Elijah sensed that God was about to move. In 1 Kings 18, 41 to 46, then Elijah said to Ahab, go, get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. I, I, sense, a rain, I sense the rain is coming back. I, I can't see it. It's not there yet, but I, I sense that something's going to happen. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked, and then he returned to Elijah and said, I, I didn't see anything. Seven times, Elijah told him, go look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant said, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. The heavy rain brought a terrific rainstorm, and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel like the flash. Like, I, I didn't pick up on that. Like, I knew it, but I did. It was one of those things like, God, it says God gave him special strength to run ahead of a horse and chariot. That would have been cool to see. It didn't seem like God was gonna move. Elijah prayed. He said, check, see if God's doing anything. Nothing had changed. Kept praying, check again. No, nothing, I don't see anything. Go again. Go. No, not, nothing, I don't, I don't see anything. Elijah kept praying. Elijah kept doing his duty where God had placed him even though he didn't see anything really happening. He kept doing his duty. He kept doing the work that God had set out for him to do. He kept on praying. Nothing was happening. Check again. Finally, the seventh time his servant said, I see a little cloud rising. Nothing big. Just a little moving of a cloud. The cloud was just beginning to move. And when the cloud started to move, when the cloud started to rise, Elijah said, go, go now. Because when the cloud moves, when the presence of God moves, then you move. Until that happens, 
you stay, put your head down, and you do the duty that God has called you to do. Today, if it doesn't seem like much is happening in your situation, I challenge you, just take some time to look around because I promise you that God is moving in the midst of it. And even if you look around and you don't see God moving, I still, I promise you that God is. Just maybe you don't see it yet. Or maybe today, maybe you're beginning to sense that God is on the move again. And it's time to be like the Israelites and heed the command of Elijah. It's time to go. This past year, it was a building year. It was a settling year. But we've done the work of God. And God's been doing some mighty things as we've done our duty to him. But the last few months, the last few months, I've seen the cloud beginning to move. I've seen the presence of God starting a movement, and it's time for us, Antioch Alliance Church, to join God in this next mighty move of his spirit. God's about to unleash something, about to do something big. I sense it. I see the cloud beginning to move. It's time to start pulling up stakes. It's time to start getting ready to move. And I am so excited about what that might look like. And what does that look like? You have to come back next week because we're out of time. And this week, we're only talking about where we've been. Next week, we're talking about where we're going. So you have to come back next week. I'm so excited about some of the things I think God's calling us to. This week, we talked about where we've been. Next week, we talk about where we're going and joining God in what he's doing in 2020. But I can tell you where it starts. It starts with Jesus. And so we're going to spend time as we close this morning's service in communion because nothing that we do, no vision, no movement of God can happen apart from Jesus. And so we're gonna just spend some time focusing on that beginning point. So if I could have the elders come, we're gonna take communion together.